friends, welcome back for another episode of the Launch Sequence Podcast this week, episode 42. And it's going to be a little bit of a different episode today. We're still going to be talking about Star Citizen a bit, but for those of you who have been following more of the industry news, Elite Dangerous has made a big announcement. And I wanted to bring in one of the pros to talk about this today. And uh, we've been talking for a little while, but haven't been able to sit down yet. Down to Earth Astronomy, though, is joining me today to discuss Elite Dangerous's big change and what it's going to mean for the industry. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing uh, absolutely great. It's Friday, so what's not to like? It is Friday. Good days. Uh, I originally wanted to actually name this episode something like Will Star Citizen. I mean, I didn't want to name it this. I was going through the different things in my head. And one of them that popped up was Will Star Citizen Replace Elite Dangerous. And immediately I was just like, that is no, I don't want to get into that because <laughs> I'm sure many other people who have, who, you know, up to the lead up of Odyssey would hear, you know, oh, Odyssey is going to replace Star Citizen. And then you hear that maybe Star Citizen's doing something that will replace Elite Dangerous. I don't want to get into that kind of conversation. I really do want to know from your perspective, though, what this could mean for the industry as a whole. But before we get into that, I want to hear more about you yourself, where you came from, how you got into gaming, what, what's your story? How'd you get here? So, like, go way back. Like, I think for one of the first games that I played, like, I really, really played for a long time was probably like the Diablo 2 back, you know, coming home from school, sitting, like, hacking and slashing monsters all day. Um, but I've always been very interested in, uh, in space and astronomy. So it was only, only natural that I began to, to gravitate towards, um, towards games like that. Um, Kerbal Space Program, obviously, been been playing the hell out of that, uh, and then later on, also uh, Elite Dangerous, which I've been mm-hmm. playing actively for well since 2015, I think, it's seven years almost, yeah, six, seven years. It's been a while. It's been a while, yeah. It has absolutely. So, um, I actually never played Kerbal. I've heard so much about it because it's like the, you know, like you want to know how to launch a rocket. Obviously, you don't you don't just play a game, but like. Out of all the games where you can do it, that one is pretty much like yeah. you, you're simulating everything about it, right? Exactly. And then, isn't there a new one coming out soon? Didn't they announce a new one? It is this year, and I am very much looking forward to it. Oh, that's cool. I think I'll jump yeah. in with that one. I never tried the first, but they look like cool games. I just, I just really love the setting in in Kerbal. You know, it's the the whole like they've done all the all the flight mechanics, all the orbital mechanics behind the scenes is done really, really well. And then you have this super silly cartoonish um, <laughs> uh, like layer on top that just takes all the seriousness and kind of hides it a bit. Yeah. So if you don't, if you don't want to go into like the deep um, orbital mechanics and, and how you do the most efficient transfers between planets and stuff, you don't have to. You can just go and blow up rockets left and right. Yeah. Um, but if you really want to go into the nitty-gritty nerdy space stuff, it's there too. Yeah, which I think is super cool. That's that is I cool. Love, I love that game. That it's just such a great philosophy to to build a game on. I mean, I I've not really gotten into it, like I said, but every time I've seen it, it's always been exactly like you said. Like I only see that top layer. It's very playful mm. and like fun. But I've heard about the rage it causes. <laughs> I heard what happens when you get deeper, and it kind of reminds me of like Pikmin. I used to play that game and. It's like yeah. this cute game where you have these little tiny things with leaves on their heads doing all these, these these jobs. But in reality, you're invading this planet, killing off the live the the, the <laughs> wildlife, and like building up a base. It's like this this nice, fun, pleasant experience as you uh, 
ruin somebody else's world. So, <laughs> so you've been uh, playing Elite Dangerous since 2015. When did you start making content, or, or was that before Elite Dangerous? No, so uh, it was about the same time actually. I think um, I mean, if, if I go way back and look at some of the very first way first videos I make was me desperately trying to get a sidewinder out the mail slot. Uh, in, <laughs> in Elite. So it was it was pretty much at the same time that I that I I, I picked up Elite. Um, and it was back in back in 2015. I just finished my um, my master's degree, mm-hmm. and you know you have that that time right after you, you, you're done with your with, with all your studies, and you're looking for 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 a job or something to do. Yeah. And um, I had a lot of spare time on my hands, so I thought, you know what, it could be fun. It would be fun to make a YouTube channel um, for like a like a like a hobby. And I thought, well, maybe it's going to last a while until I find a job. Maybe it's just going to be, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And the original idea was actually to make it a um, a space and astronomy-focused channel, hence the name Down to Earth Astronomy. It Makes was sense. intended to be a science channel, um, mainly because I, I, I took my master's in, in astrophysics, and I knew I wouldn't get a job in astrophysics, not in Denmark at least. So I, I decided to go and, and became, a, became a software developer. And then to to keep that interest in astronomy alive, the plan was to then have a um, a YouTube channel and channel. about space and astronomy. Okay. And I did that in the beginning also. Um, and then you know, I also picked up Elite about the same time. So I thought, you know, it could be fun. It's a it's a space game. It has this whole one to one simulation of the galaxy. There's probably some fun stuff to talk about in there. So I began posting a few gaming videos, and they just got like. 10 times the views of any of the science videos I posted. And then slowly over time, it's like began gravitating more and more towards the, um, towards the gaming stuff and, and eventually grew into a, to a full on, uh, elite dangerous channel. Okay. Which, uh, been covering well, and other games too, but yeah. the main focus and the, the thing that's been sticking with the channel since the, since the beginning has been really dangerous. That's a pretty cool progression to be honest. That's like really nice timing. Yeah. It kind of worked the game out. Was also very, very young at that point. It was way. It was just, just came out. So everything kind of lined up there. Yeah. Um, so do you do it full time now? Or are you still doing other work no, outside of it? No, 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 no. Um, YouTube has always been, and, and live streaming has always been, been a hobby, something I do, uh, I do for fun mm-hmm. um, in my spare time. But uh, I work full time. Um, okay. Besides, uh, besides YouTube. Okay. I don't know if, I don't know if I want to. I mean. If it's someday ended up that that I could go um go solo and, and go and uh, and 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 do it full time, maybe I would. But I also think it's a it's a lonely job since you are working on your own at home all day. Um, so I don't know. It's it's definitely a different beast. Yeah, it is absolutely. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I couldn't honestly. People people ask me if it's worth it or not. No, it's really it depends on the situation. I think for everybody, but it's yeah. it, I I admire people who are able to do it and still keep working. More power to you because it's it's a lot of work just to put a video out. You know, we were talking about uh, before the podcast. It's just mm. it it takes a lot of planning, preparation, and and uh, discipline. And on top of another job, that's crazy to me. It's okay. I can. 
I'll, I'll manage my time, as I said, as we talked about before you. I do a lot of the pre-planning for the videos. Um, you know, when you have like a commute or or in the shower in the morning or something like that, where you mm-hmm. can sit and you can, can think about, oh, how do I want to structure that video and, and, and kind of try out some of the few lines that you're considering, see how this kind of flows. And then once you get to actually sit down and, and begin the, the, the process of recording, you pretty much have the whole video, I have the whole video planned out in my head. I just write down some bullet points where the rough structure of the video I want to go through and then just turn on the camera and start recording and then <laughs> fix the rest of post. <laughs> Makes it sound easy. It's it's an acquired skill, I think. Um, I think it's very difficult. It was very difficult in the beginning. Um, but you learn over time. Yeah. It's acquired. It's you really you start to learn what you're good at, what you're not, and uh, what you enjoy, what you don't, which I guess is a great. Oh, go ahead. It's the same with live streaming. I mean, you need to learn to talk to yourself a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And and basically narrate everything you do, and every time you consider something, you need to remember to narrate it. And it's, that's also an acquired skill that you need to, to yeah. try and teach yourself. Yeah, it's fun to try and learn to do it in real life. You know, just walk around in your everyday life, and if you do something, narrate it to yourself. Don't worry about all those yeah. weird looks you get. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, it actually is a decent segue, I think, into sort of getting towards our main discussion for today and that centers around these two games elite dangerous and star citizen how did you end up getting from elite dangerous to star citizen or rather when did you start covering it so i've been it's difficult because i have done some videos where you know i would do one video on star citizen and then nothing on star citizen like months and then yeah, I would do yeah. one other video so i would I don't know if that really is covering it mm-hmm. but I think I, I, I had a more serious cover of, of Star Citizen around the right after the launch of Elite Dangerous Odyssey. Okay. Um, that was that was a whole where the whole thing where the, 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 the leak began to go in a in a different direction. Right. Than yeah. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, you know what? And I mean, and you can go back. You could find uh, if you go some years back, you find some of my live streams, and people have been asking what I think about Star Citizen. I would say that I wouldn't touch that game with a ten-foot pole. <laughs> um, yet here we are today, and it's one of those. And and uh, you've probably experienced this yourself. There's a lot of people who have a have some very strong opinions about the game, who I suspect has never actually launched the game or played it. Yeah. Um, and and. A lot of people also just hear others have certain opinions about a game, and they will, they will mirror those opinions. Um, and and I was, I was definitely like that. But then, you know, people began, hey, you should really try, like, pick this up, give it a go, and and I did. And I said, okay, I'm gonna stick with it. Gonna give it a few weeks and see how it goes. And um, I I think those two weeks I I barely booted up elite. <laughs> I just, uh, once the game gets gets you hooked, um, there's there's a lot to do in there. And yeah. uh, you need to go and look for it. It doesn't hold your hand. It doesn't show you where to go and what to do. Um, but kind of used to that from elite, it doesn't do that either. Yeah. Yeah, Star Citizen is painful to learn on. I do remember going through the I, I haven't played Elite Dangerous in a long time. I mean I was playing back in twenty eighteen around that time. And I do remember kind of going through the tutorial in Elite, but also not, I don't think it really got my attention enough for me to get all the way through it. But I did appreciate that there was a tutorial there. It's, it's, it's rough getting into Star Citizen with everything changing and 
they basically can't tell you how things work because it's always different. I think the best way to get into Star Citizen is to find someone else that plays it. I yep. can find a community or anywhere where people place it and then find someone who want to sit down with you in an for an afternoon and just take yeah. you through the basics. Yes. It's a very rough start. Yeah. Um, <laughs> everybody who's tried to pick up the game on their own will, will, will probably know that first experience where you you spend the first hour trying to get to your spaceship only for it to blow up five minutes after you took off the ladder. Oh, and, man. And, <laughs> It's, and it's and a frustrating experience. And just like the game's always changing, those experiences are always changing too. I mean, I've yeah. been playing this game for years, and I'll still be like, "Why is this happening?" And somebody in chat will be like, "Oh, this is that glitch," and you know, this happens. And it's crazy. There's always new yeah. things popping up. But you said that um, a lot of people will will have not played the game or experienced it or booted it up. But once they take that chance to give it a try, a lot of times it sort of it convinces them. What was yeah. it? It sounds like it was kind of Odyssey that pushed you to make that jump. What do you mm -hmm. what do you feel will do that for a, for more of the elite dangerous community? Because I've I, even looking at um, the discussion surrounding our, our topic today, which is elite dangerous with their console development. A lot of the discussion is still things like, oh, Star Citizen is there, but I don't trust it. You know, it's it's not the same as elite. I don't think it'll be interesting what do you think it would take to to get those people to consider it even? I think a, a, a big deal breaker um, for a lot of people is some people it's misinformation where um, I would see a lot of people who are surprised whenever I say that you can buy ships in game. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people seem to think that the only way you get ships in Star Citizen is just fork over real money and then you get access to it. And I can see why people will have a negative opinion about that. Um, and I think also the constant, not constant, but the reoccurring server wipes is also a thing that can be a deal breaker for a lot of people that they put some time, put some effort yeah. into um, into playing a game and they feel like they're progressing. Maybe they're collecting money, they're getting standing or whatever, only for it to all to be wiped and you're back to start. Um, yeah. And I think that's a deal breaker for a lot of people because it's it feels like the word, the that the work they've done has been wasted. Um, but if you need to, so, so you need to play star citizens for the experiences that you get. It can yeah. be like the, um, so like don't go into a cave because you want to make a lot of money mining a uh, down there, go into a cave because you think this is going to be fun. I'm probably going to get lost, but it's going to be a fun experience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get lost and probably die. Yeah, likely. I'll run out of oxygen and, and, yeah. and, and suffocate to death. But it was fun. <laughs> Until then. Um, that That's the way I think people... And it's a different mindset mm -hmm. um, to play a game like that to what people are used to, where you need to progress towards a goal. Um, and you can still set goals in lead. I mean, the wipes are not that frequent. They happen what, every one and a half, two years, something like that. Um, so you definitely still can work towards, uh, work towards goals. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. That 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 alpha feel of it is definitely still a a yeah. deal breaker for people though. I mean I try to tell people when they get in, you know, a lot of people will come in and be like, Hey, how do I make money? What should I do to make money? And I'm just like, You'll make money. The best thing to do is really to find people, become friends with them, learn the game well, and then wait for a dynamic event or something when you can make a lot of money really quickly. 
and put all your effort into that. But like you said, you know, just finding things to do in the game just to have fun is uh, is a better bet. But there definitely still seems to be a, a pretty big wall in front of Star Citizen for people who are more casual about space sims to get in. Yeah. But let's talk more than uh, finally about the real topic today. So yesterday, or rather yesterday is the, the time of this filming, uh, March 10th, 2022, Frontier, the, the developers of Elite Dangerous came out and basically said, um, Odyssey will not be coming out for the console and development for the game on the console side is also going to stop. This is yep. disappointing for a lot of people who are playing on console, might not be the best message for people who are on PC. Um, overall, though, this is pretty big. What is your just upfront take of this whole move so right off the bat? It really so it depends on, you, on, on, the, on the point of view. If you look at it from a, from a, uh, from Frontier's perspective, this is the right move to do mm -hmm. because Odyssey has been plagued by poor performance since Odyssey was launched. Um, and, and they've been struggling with that since it came out at the end of May last year. And since then, they've been struggling to try and optimize the game, get some better performance out of it. And they're, of course, doing that because they need to get it to a point where it could actually run on last generation consoles because Frontier had committed themselves saying that they would launch the game on last generation consoles and then it would be playable on newer generations due to backwards compatibility and those kind of things. Hmm. So from, from that point of view, uh, it, it is the unfortunately the right move, but I still think it is, it's a big loss, I think, for the Elite Dangerous community because we're losing a large portion of the player base. Um, my guesstimate, we don't have official numbers, but my guesstimate is it's around 20% of the player base Oof. that's going to disappear. Um, not right away. I mean, the servers are not going to be shut down. People right, still yeah. Play. But they will be on the old graphics engine and they will not get any kind of new updates or anything like that happening. They will they, they got what they got. They can keep playing, they can keep flying for as long as they find it interesting. Is but is it is that, it already backwards? Is the rest of Elite Dangerous backwards compatible on new gen consoles? Yes, they Okay, yes. cool. So 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 both the last gen, new gen can both play today and and they then committed themselves to say we're gonna it came out originally on what is now last-gen consoles, and mm -hmm. they're going to say, we're going to keep it on that platform and then have it available through backwards compatibility. Okay, and, so... And the, reason, the reason why is probably that the not that many has adopt, uh, console players has adopted the, the current generation, probably the, a combination of, uh, of inflated prices and uh, lack of availability. Um, so, again, I, I did some... some, some I try to find some numbers for it for a video and, and around as far as I can see around 20% of players are on current gen and 80% is last gen. So, mm. so that means of the 20% of the elite community that, uh, that plays on console about 16 uh, of the total community is on last gen and 4% is on current gen. So this is also why you get into this like really big dilemma. This is why frontier has been, has, it has taken them so long to make this decision because they had this dilemma where they were really struggling trying to get it to work on last generation consoles because if they couldn't get it to work on last generation consoles, then they, which was the situation, then they have the, the issue where do they port it over 
to current generations, which probably would be able to run Odyssey, or do they just scrap it all together? Now, I don't know how much work it is to port a game from PC to console, but I expect it's going to be a little bit more than just like click compile for console. <laughs> yeah. um, so so it, it, there's probably some work in that to, to make that work. And the current generation console is about 4% of the entire league community. So do you spend all that money, all that effort and work on porting over to current generation console for a 4% of the player base? Yeah. I don't know. Frontier said no. That's tough. That, that is, is a very tough, one, isn't tough it? position, yeah. Do you think that they they may consider coming back and making it for the no. current gen? No. no. Just done. No. They're done. I don't I don't think. So by the time that people have adopted that enough people have adopted current gen consoles that it would be worthwhile for them. That's going to be another year or two maybe probably. By that time, Elite's going to be an almost 10-year-old game. I don't think they're going to try to go back on console after ditching it once. So I don't, I don't see that happening. Hmm. So it's, I mean, it's a big shift because I know, I personally know of plenty of people who only played on console, um, mm -hmm. who have been playing on console for years. And I have only heard from one of them saying, you know, hey, this is this is a bummer. I probably won't play anymore. But yeah, that's just I, that seemed that feels huge. That must have been a really hard decision for them to make. Yeah. So and, and for people who haven't followed Elite Dangerous closely, if they're frontier, at least the Elite Dangerous uh, community side of it, um, they went into complete radio silence after New Year's. Um, at the time of this recording, at least we have not had. Other than the, the um, we're going to launch a patch on this day and then now the post about the console um, development being cancelled, mm -hmm. we haven't had any information coming out of Frontier. There's been no live streams. There's been no community uh, like developer update posts or anything like that. How's their um, communication been in the past? Better than that, I assume? Um, it's been up and down. Um, they have always had problems, I think, with uh, with communication, and and it's something they've been criticized for a lot. And they, uh, after Odyssey, they they went out and say they wanted to commit to a more, more open, more active communication strategy, and and they did for 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 a few months. Um, there were regular regular live streams. They did some some new like new segments in their live streams where they talked about upcoming stuff um they did a monthly developer uh, diary kind of post where they talk about some of the things they've been working on and 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 what they're planning to do in the future and those kind of things mm -hmm. um so it it improved a lot and it was was the information flow was really good for for some months after after odyssey um and then it, it kind of began or some of the, the community posts uh, sorry um developer diaries they began to disappear all of a sudden and and they didn't post them anymore. And then after New Year's, they just went into complete silence. I see. Yeah, so somebody started to clamp down on that communication, guessing as yeah. the, the harder decisions started to come up. And uh, it's rough. I mean, I yeah. Star Citizen fans know, <laughs> know how that goes. Yeah. Well, um, from the conversations that I'm seeing of people responding to this and reacting, at least from people who follow the game pretty closely, this has seemed like a sort of writing on the wall kind of situation, not just from the launch of Odyssey, but it feels like there's been 
community um, unhappiness, I guess you could say, for yeah. for a couple years or a few years now. And at this point, people are kind of saying, well, you know, it feels like the heart hasn't really been in the development of the game for a little while. Um, can you speak towards those opinions? So those became at least it became very apparent after the after the odyssey launch because there was a lot of things happening in the weeks up to the launch where so the way the way the launch worked was there was a um there was an alpha period up before the launch where people would get an alpha access and we would start yeah. by only have, have access to a very to a single star system and they would then slowly each week expand how much access we had what kind of content in the in in the game we had access to and and just like on the on the PTU in Star Citizen, we would have um, testing focuses. Like today, so this week, we really wanted to go out and test combat, or we right. want to go yeah. and send you out and test this thing. Um, and people, they 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 did that, and they pointed out there was a lot of bugs, there was a lot of flaws in it, um, and 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 those were reported uh, as you do when you do a do a test. And Frontier was then also asked because then they announced the day that was like a week after the last alpha test mm -hmm. and the last alpha test was still bug written full of bugs and people were saying but can you really fix all these bugs in two weeks that means that's a lot this is not launch ready and they replied and say oh but the version of uh of the code you've been playing is is like a two three month old branch so there's like two or three months of developing work on top of this that you haven't seen yet um and then they're like, lot. "Oh, okay, fair enough. That's that's okay. If I mean, it's it's alpha. We have an old branch, and they have we have fixed a lot of it, so that's fair." Um, Odyssey launches, and all the bugs are still there, and it was exactly the same as in the alpha, and that got people very angry. I bet <laughs> because people felt lied to, felt like they were basically just trying to like. Yeah, just got it out. And I think what got people the most angry was that the reason Odyssey was launched when it was was because it was just before the end of Frontier's financial year where they need to do all their financial reports. Oh. And they had kind of promised their investors a certain... They promised their investors that they would have the Odyssey sales on that year's um, investment reports. So right. they would kind of see the benefits and the, 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 the income from, those, uh, from the uh, Odyssey sales. So they pushed it out like ten days before they had to do their uh, um, their yearly report, and that also got a lot of people very angry because suddenly people felt like they had just like shipped something that they knew was not a finished product that we have told them was not a finished product, but they shipped it anyway to please the investors. That didn't sit right with anybody, <laughs> to be honest. Frontier is um, a publicly traded company, right? Correct. Has that been a problem in the past? I feel like that's one of those things, and Star Citizen is a weird application of this, but it is one of those things that, uh, you know, some companies like maybe the Juggernauts, um, CD Projekt Red, Ubisoft, those kind of companies, you kind of accept that they're publicly traded and that they're kind of doing their own thing. But it feels like with a studio like Frontier, that would come up more amongst the players and the people who are, you know, pouring all these hours into the game. It's never been, I mean, They've been publicly traded for a while. There's not mm -hmm. something new. But yeah. It's never really been a thing I think people have noticed that much. It was just this Odyssey move was so obvious that they were launching in order to please investors. 
and they must have known that the game was full of bugs because it was on their own issue tracker and confirmed in there. So, I mean, there's no way they didn't know yeah. that it was full of bugs and it wasn't playable. And the whole community was saying to the Alpha, this is not launch ready, but they launched it anyway. And that, that, that got a lot of people angry. And after that, um, they started doing like these regular updates where they just tried to like uh, fix the box, increase improvements, those kind of things. Um, but there was always this mistrust that are they really going to be able to manage this game? Are they going to be able to pull this back? Um, and I think that's why this also hits so hard because this is just another blow uh, to an already unhappy community. Yeah, which not not to the same extent, but I think uh, people in the Star Citizen community are feeling that a little bit too as well yeah. with you know recent developments. We won't get into that though. So Elite Dangerous has always been a game that, in my opinion, led the space sim revival. Um, no Man's Sky was there, and it's cool. It offers a different type of gameplay. Star Citizen, Perpetual Alpha. Um, there's other games, X4 and Empyrean, and different things that you could jump into. But Elite Dangerous has always felt like that bread and butter kind of, if you want that true experience and you wanted that good quality, jump into this game. Do you think that's still going to be people's uh, suggestion? Could they? I, I don't yeah, want to say so, it's going to be Star Citizen yet, but no. Okay, so I think the the prospect of what's going to happen with Elite going forward um, is very interesting. I get the I get the doom and gloom, but I think what a lot of people forget, and I, I, I first of all, I'm bummed that that we're losing console. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's a it's a big blow to the community. But if you look at it from a, um, if you if you look at it and, and and forget the community for a second, you look at it from an from an like ecocentric PC player's point of view, this might actually be a good thing for Elite because yeah. Frontier has been holding back a lot of new, like bigger events, um, and 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 content because they didn't want to go and do big, huge events before they could get the full player base, the full community onto Odyssey, mm -hmm. at least give them a chance. So eh, I think there's, they've been really holding back some, um, some in-game events some, uh, and some content until they were getting it on console. And now that we know they are not, Braben also mentioned it. Uh, Braben is the CEO of, of Frontier. He mm -hmm. mentioned it in his post about it, saying that, um, that, they can now move forward with the story and the law and the narrative in, in Elite. So just showing that they, they've, they've, they've held something back and they're now going to be able to move forward with that. So hopefully that means we're going to begin to see some, some big lore um, events, a bit like the dynamic events, but, but a little different uh, in Elite. We have these, they're called community goals um, mm -hmm. yeah, that runs yeah. every week where we have a some kind of goal that, that the community can go and, and, and take part in and then you would get a reward or it's going to change something in the game that could be a new faction uh, uh, moves into a system or loses access to a system or new stations are built or stuff like that. Uh, we got to go and, and partake in that if, if we want to. And, and they have been, the community goals has been a little stale. There has been some, uh, some interesting events going on, but there's not been anything, anything massive uh, yet. Yeah. Um, but I feel like now that can begin to evolve again and we can begin to see some uh, uh, some big story events happening again 
So that's good. From that from that perspective, I still think, I th I think, and I hope, and it might just be because I'm a little too optimistic, but I think that we're gonna see some better times for Elite now. Even though I would have loved if we could have taken the console commanders with us on that journey. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. There, of of all the games that I mentioned, at least. Well, I guess No Man's Sky does does go on consoles too, but I can imagine that that console development slowed them down quite a bit in terms of their capabilities, especially the last generation. So, yeah, I can see that definitely helping them out. Yeah, the, the, I don't think the necessarily like before Odyssey, I don't think having a console um, release also slowed them down that much because it was all the same graphic engine and it was all the same. Like there was there was just one code base and then it was just a pc and a console version of it but now that you have horizon players and you have odyssey players they are in two different graphic engines so so that means if if they have to maintain two graphic engines that means every time they need to do anything in the game we need to add something new it has to be done twice right because they have two different graphic engines they're running in okay so odyssey was a was a much bigger schism fundamentally than just being an expansion it changed yeah, the inner yeah, workings absolutely. okay yeah yeah yeah. they have been in they have been like retweaking all shaders in the game um all the ships have been reskinned uh they, they completely reworked the graphics of the game from uh, seems like from the ground up okay. and this is also where the problem kind of came from right because because that rework of the graphic engine they didn't have the same performances they had before with the old engine that was a little bit less um maybe a little bit less pretty that's debatable depending on who you ask but it was different but it performed better yeah better optimized better running yeah this this emphasizes i think another thing or it won't say another thing but one of the main things that sets star citizen apart from elite dangerous which is kind of the funding model and that mm -hmm. elite dangerous releases these packages and expansions um as extra costs for anybody who would like to chip in the extra buck to play that stuff if if it wasn't that way if elite dangerous was just all one code base uh everybody gets access to the package as soon as it's released do you think this would have gone significantly better um i mean if people got the update for free I think yeah it would have been, been less um they would probably yeah it probably been been a little less but the the monetization model in elite has been a little bit all over the place huh. I, they they yeah they they started out originally when the game came out like any game you, you buy the game you have access there you go that's right. it yeah then about a year into the game they launched um the horizons update and the horizons update was intended to be covering another year so they sold a season pass for it which was intended that you buy a season pass and then you get access to all the horizon updates which were planned to come out over a year things okay. got delayed and delayed and it took like two or three years for them to finish the things that they were planned to so so the money they suddenly had thought would should only last them a year they suddenly have to stretch that out over two or three years because it took so much longer to to develop those those features okay. so after they were done with with those um uh, the horizon updates they launched a series of updates called beyond and those that was a free update for the game but instead they tried to more heavily rely on uh, microtransactions so we saw in beyond we saw a lot of new ships 
where there was a lot of new paint jobs and skins you could buy for those ships. Mm-hmm. Paint, all cosmetics are, are paid for by real money in, uh, um, in Elite. So, so they tried to monetize it through microtransactions. Personally, I like that model a lot better, but clearly Frontier didn't because then for Odyssey, they went back to a paid update again. Right. Okay. I see. So they were jumping so, back and forth. They were both jumping back and forth. They've been trying different things, figuring out how they wanted to, to monetize it. But I think if Odyssey had been a uh, had been a free update, it, it would have been received better. But I can't really see how it could have been, given um, like rework of that engine cannot have been cheap. Yeah. Um, and and this was Frontier's shot at taking a game that at at that point was six or seven years old, six years I think, and kind of like bring it up to look like a newer, more modern game than uh, than what it otherwise did. And it just didn't go up, go to plan, I think. Yeah, okay. Well, that's a bummer to see. I do really hope to see Elite, as you were saying, have better years ahead of it with focusing on the PC development, the, mm-hmm. the events and stuff. I've always wanted to jump back into Elite once I had the time because I don't, I feel like, no other game out there, no other space sim game can match Elite when it comes to exploration. I mean, no, they just released like a statistic that the, the players had only discovered like 0.05% of the yeah. of the galaxy. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's crazy. That is, that's seven years of, of, of well, that's across everybody. All, all commanders we have across the entire community, we have discovered yeah, 0.05% of the galaxy. And you know there are yeah. people who are out there like spending days and days and days doing, uh, yeah. looking for that stuff. That's that's nuts to me. And nobody else can match that. I, I don't ever want to see that leave the industry, you know? So yeah. I do hope that they can keep doubling down on their strengths. I think that's also one of the biggest selling points for, for Elite even now, because I'll sometimes have newer players who will come into the stream and they will ask saying, oh, but... Is there even a point to going out and explore in Elite at this point? Because everything has been explored. And I'm like, no. <laughs> we not not even like not, not even a thousand, one one in thousand stars has been discovered yet. One in two thousand stars has been discovered. And this takes us seven years. So in what, fourteen thousand years we should be done? That's crazy. <laughs> that is nuts. It's mind blowing. And and I guess it just speaks towards the amazingness of of space in general i've been i've been slowly just not to not to get too sidetracked i've been slowly getting my wife to be more and more into space and sci-fi and all that stuff and we've been watching mm-hmm. uh that series with neil degrasse tyson cosmos uh, the mm-hmm. new one yeah. and and she's been loving it and it's like all the stuff that i know or i think i know about space every time i hear it explained in a different way it's just once again it's incredibly impressive and I feel like it's the yeah. same thing with that aspect of Elite Dangerous. Every single time I hear it come up or I hear another statistic about it, I'm just like, they really built something special with that. They did. Absolutely. And that's also what, what pulled me in originally was that one-to-one representation of the Milky Way. That is um, very cool. And and just like what we talked about in the beginning with, with Kerbal, that there is a lot of stuff going on like behind that you don't see. That's the same thing with Elite. Um there's a lot of small details that a casual player might not notice when you just casually fly through a system. But if you have some knowledge about space and orbital mechanics and, and, and those kind of things, and, and you begin to look for it, you begin to notice some, some rather cool things where you, 
you will suddenly see a planet orbiting in a very weird uh, orbit around uh, around the star that's out oh, that's of play cool. with all the others. So you know, oh, that's a captured object. That planet was not formed as part of the system. It was later captured in when it came too close. So it's been a rogue planet at some point. See, so that's really cool. You, that's super cool. And it's the same with the with the bands around the um, around the, uh, the the gas giants when you have planetary rings. The the bands are created by um, by the like it, it, it's it's the the bands will be created by the, the moons orbiting. So if you have a moon that orbits um, at a certain uh, orbit time, then asteroids will have a tendency to clump into belts that has an orbit time of half that of the moon. Huh. So so the moons so the belts kind of creates a a four year transform of the orbits of the moon, and those built has been it, they're not 100 accurate but they're damn close modeled semi um, accurately so when you go up to a planet and you see those bands in theory you could look at those bands and you could then calculate where all the moon should be if that's so you cool had a lot of time and 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 you really want to do that yeah the the possibility is there and i think that's what yeah. really matters with a game like that is like if you want it it's out there yeah real quick and did those, you say did you say a four-year yeah. transform that was the first time I've heard it since school, so it caught me off guard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's but, not something you, you encounter too often. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that is, it is truly something, I mean, I've always told people, you know, if you want to get into space exploration, do Elite Dangerous. That is that is the best place to do it. But it also kind of brings up, just going with the theme of this talk, a comparison with Star Citizen, because a lot of times what people ask in Star Citizen is, what if what what's going to be a like what exploration how am i going to do exploration when there's only mm, two yeah, or yeah. three or four systems and you know all the systems are discovered and the joint points and all that but it kind of speaks towards the difference between the two space games and how they can live uh simultaneously yes but going more into that discussion about star citizen do you have any thoughts on that yeah i think um that exploration and in Star Citizen is going to be on a much smaller scale than what we see in Elite. In Elite, you go out and you you might in an evening go out and you may discover, what do I know, uh, 20, 50, 100 star systems in, in an evening. Mm -hmm. But the way I see exploration work in Star Citizen is much more you spend an evening discovering maybe one planet, maybe not even the entire planet. but. I see exploration being a lot less go and map out new star systems and more be, hey, there's this moon around this planet and I can spend the next few evenings just moving around, looking at the different biomes and uh, and, and there will be new things to see on that moon uh, in, in a lot more, in a lot higher degree than what we see in, in Elite. I mean, if you, if you go to a moon in Elite, you can most of the places are going to be very similar across that moon. If you've been to one, two places on that moon, everywhere else is going to be the same. Right. It's going to be exactly the same procedural generation. Um, but that doesn't seem to be the case in, in Star Citizen. The, uh, the, the terrain seems to be a lot more varied. The biome seems to be a lot more varied. I mean, Microtech is, is a good example where you go up to... Um, uh, to uh, to New Babbage or that area, everything is frozen and it's uh, it's like a, a winter wonderland. But go down towards the equator of it, and and it's it's a forest, and you will have flowers and mountains, and it's a beautiful yeah. area. 
And uh, in 317, we're also going to get rivers flowing around that area too. Love a river. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Love it. So, so I see I see exploration in Star Citizen as a set, smaller scale, where we're going to see people move around and then maybe they find something on, on the surface that's cool because we know that CRG is hiding things on the planets without quantum beacons that we can go and find. Right. Um, like there's been crashed ships here and there. Those are the things I think people is going to be looking for. Um, yeah. And that's how I see exploration happen. So where you in, in Elite will probably find a cool planet that looks funny or that's in this weird orbit. In Star Citizen, you will find a, a cool place on a planet. Yeah. I am in agreement with you there. And as somebody from our supporter chat during their podcast has said, um, whereas Elite kind of feels like macro exploration, finding star systems and stuff like you said, Star Citizen seems like it'll be more focused on find, doing exploration that fits into the economy, you know, finding resources mm -hmm. for people, finding points of interest and, um, and occasionally maybe a jump point or something. But it really does feel like it's going to be a more intimate kind of find the details as opposed to that, just discover something grand. Yeah. When it comes to the gameplay differences between these two games, I guess I am, I'm, I'd like to just broaden the scope of what we just talked about and ask you kind of a big question, I guess, but what's your overall opinion of Star Citizen and how it compares to Elite Dangerous? Has that changed over the last year since you started last, or since you started covering it, I guess, very regularly? So there are different, I mean, I've found that there are, depending on what I feel like doing in a given evening, and it, it depends which game I, I, I boot up, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's still, if I just feel like, you know what, today I just want to, I, I just want to like, go out and explore some uh, some planets and do some uh, do some exploration. I'm going to boot up Elite and I'm going to have a character that's like halfway across the Milky Way out in the middle of nowhere flying around out there. So I'll go and I'll log into that character and I'll sit and fly around out there. Um. But if I want to go and do, do mining, for instance, then I'll boot up Star Citizen because the implementation of mining in Star Citizen is superb, I think. It's really, really good. Um, so it really depends. Um, and I see the two games complement each other very, very well. Um, I, I mean, people, people have been asked a million times in live streams, like, oh, which game do we find best, Elite Dangerous or Star Citizen? And I, it's always like, that depends on my mood. That yeah. depends on what I feel like doing. Um, because like, why does it have to be all, why can't it be and why can't I enjoy both games? Yeah. Um, seriously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why, why would that not be, I mean, yeah. It's, it's not like either to... one of them requires you to buy a different computer or something. No, exactly. I have plenty of space on my hard drive for both. Yeah. At least I will make sure I have. <laughs> so, so I can, I can go and be an explorer in the depths of space if I want to, I can go and do some, uh, some mining or if I want to do some cave missions or explore derelict boot up star citizen do that. yeah definitely different experiences well going from the gameplay side of things and more towards the communication and kind of development side as one of our supporters also asked here um overall how do you feel like star citizen has handled their own communication and the way they interact with their community compared to frontier they have been um a lot more consistent in their communication, um, as we talked about, Frontier is with they they have Frontier has through the, the like the years have been sometimes they will some, suddenly commit themselves to say now we want to improve our communication and, and that will last for half a year and then they kind of go back to the old ways. 
Um, I feel like CRG has been more consistent in their way of communication, which I which I like, because it means I know what I can expect from them. Um, I absolutely love the Inside Star Citizen videos. I've yeah. wished we had something like that in Elite for years, where they would just go and say, "Hey, um, there was this when when we first saw the the tech demo of the river, the rivers." Um, some like months back, mm-hmm. where they showed, hey, so I can sit and I can I can put out this note here, and then I and then I can put out this note here, and then it begins to calculate the rivers and yeah, and and showing that in work in progress things. I wish Frontier would do something like that. Um, I know some people are not a big fan of the communications with the with CRG, and there was the whole drama with the roadmap. Um, but I must say, I'm happy there is a roadmap. We do not have a roadmap <laughs> in Elite. Um, so, so any roadmap is better than no roadmap, I would say. <laughs> um, so I, I personally think that, that CRG is doing a, uh, doing a decent job with their communication. Um, I know not everybody, uh, everybody agrees, but when you've been used to, uh, to Frontier, then, um, then they're doing a good job. Yeah, CRG has, they've got their problems. I will say, I'll agree with you, they're consistent. I think the they've kind of done the same thing that you were talking about in terms of the monetization. Not in their monetization, but in their communication, where they've kind of mm-hmm. jumped back and forth almost. In like, they've, for instance, started different, different programs from videos that they were like, okay, so we're going to make these, these things called pillar talks, for instance. They wanted to do every quarter that would be kind of like, an update with the heads of their departments to kind of tell us this is the overall like you guys see isc every week to understand what we're working on but this is the overall general direction that we're moving with the game mm-hmm. and they did one i think i'm oh. pretty sure they did one <laughs> and then they just didn't they, they after that were like you know what we don't feel like that's right instead we're going to do this instead so we've kind of had that sort of being pulled around into different uh different ways that they would communicate with us, which has been a little frustrating, but they've settled on something that I think works to an extent. I would like to hear more, more consistently from each team, but yeah, the communication is, is good. And you know, it goes back to, it goes back to that development. Yeah. So instead of just spotlighting one team doing a inside star citizen, you want to have a more like recurring, uh, it from them or- doesn't even have to be inside star citizen what i actually like is when we get a um a star citizen live with the different teams mm. sometimes they do inside star citizen so last year they did three different inside star citizen episodes where the combat focused team came on at the beginning of the year and they kind of told us hey so this is our plan we want to do a, a full rework of combat this is kind of what we're thinking here's how we want to do it and what and, and why and then think it was around august maybe uh they released a video to say okay so we've worked on this we've experimented with it a little bit and now we want to start bringing it into your hands so here's what we're doing in the next update we're going to get to this far but then more is going to happen and then they finally put out another video late in april i believe it was when they were like here's what we did this year here's how it went what went wrong and what went right and here's what we want to do build up or to build off of that in the future and i really loved that and I do hope mm. that they can find a way to do that for, for all of the teams. Cause that's, I think, peak yeah. communication. Yeah. Yeah. You have that uh, follow-up, uh, like 
you, you see it at the beginning, you see it when they launch, then you you get the follow up uh, afterwards. Yeah, because it's yeah. It, you forget about all this stuff. There's so much going on in the development of the game that you're just sometimes something will come up and you'll be like, oh, yeah, they said they were going to do that two years ago. Mm -hmm. no. I, but I, yeah. had, I had that I had that with the rivers. I remember seeing the tech demo and then all of a sudden like, oh, right. They did show they were working on rivers. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. Uh, that was how I originally got started making content for Star Citizen, because mm -hmm. people would always ask, like, they talk about all this development, but is it actually happening? And so I was like, I'll start making videos that just look back exactly one year from the week that we're in, what they were talking about and where they're at on it. And I loved the idea. It's really freaking hard to do, but I, I love the idea. And I hope that CIG does more of that for us. Absolutely. Um. So I guess to wrap this up, we're coming up towards the end of the show here, but I kind of just, I like to talk a little bit about more of the positive stuff that we're looking forward to and maybe some of the features that have been talked about that you're particularly excited about. Now, we just saw 317 Evocati drop for Star Citizen. I don't know if you follow that that I, closely. I, I do. I, okay. uh, I have a, I've, I've created a, my own little private Discord server as a news ah. aggregator. Nice. <laughs> well, yeah, so we've 317 has shown to be a little bit more meaty than I think people were expecting as far as updates yeah. go, which is just not not something that happens in Star Citizen. Looking beyond that, though, what kind of stuff is getting your attention this year? Oh, um, I I'm really hoping for I know there's a lot of people have been asking for, for it, but some of the more behind the scenes server stuff um because i think that is one of the things that that's really holding the game back at the moment um we all tried it when you're in if you're on a good server you can get some decent frame rates you get some good performance out of the game but then you ha end up on a server where well it's nothing not really works. good <laughs> yeah. and nothing works and the elevators is not there and you fall through the floor ai are standing and, on and their heads <laughs> everybody's sta standing on the chairs and, and t posing and, and we just um so I really wish they could could would uh, would spend some time uh, time stabilize that i don't know that's on the on the roadmap um i haven't been following my my way of following star citizen this has, i haven't had i haven't looked that much forward um i'm usually just focusing on like what's in the next month or two okay that's fair um mainly because the way the game is and and the fact that the fact that it's still under so active development as it is means that what they are saying is the plan from a, in a year from now um, might have changed like a yeah. million times before we get to a year from now um so so that's why i kind of say okay I, I look at what is right in front of us and then I focus on that and then we see what happens. Uh, right. Time. And that kind of speaks towards the change they made with the roadmap earlier this year yeah. and, exactly. and how they want to, because, you know, we did a whole stream where we looked at the roadmaps they've been giving us, um, the predictions they make at the beginning of the year. And then we looked at how close each patch in that year was to that prediction. And it was like the first quarter was like 90% of those features got in second quarter. 60 maybe 70 mm. after that just like nothing so i think you have a good a good practice there of honestly not looking at that stuff and it seems cig realized that they needed to you know they needed to to, to make a point and uh draw the line and say hey yeah. you know what 
either we need to get better at this or we need to stop giving you guys these messages and it feels like we're not going to get better so <laughs> less messages oh, but this is this is a classical expectation management problem right uh, you want to give people as much information as possible about what's going on and what you're going to do but if you then later on it turns out that you can't meet those uh, things then people are going to get disappointed because they thought yeah. that you promised it to them uh, so you really need to do your expectation man management um, and and I think that's what CIG communication wise has been struggling with and I think that's why <laughs> they made the change with the roadmap because they would rather show what they're actively working on than try to promise something's going to happen in a year and it's, it's the same with when people people if people ask and say is it worth picking up star citizen um should I should I pick it up and I, I mean I, I can't tell people whether the game is, is worth it for them or not yeah but I would always recommend people say, don't buy the game for what has been promised to come. Buy the game for what is there today. Right. If you if you look at the game, if you look at the, start, the, the live streams and the videos and you say, you know what? What is what people are playing today on videos, on streams? If that looks fun enough for me to go out and buy a starter pack, then yes, Star Citizen is for you and something yeah. you should consider. Yeah. But if you're thinking, oh, it's going to be fun when they launch all this stuff down two years down the line then don't buy it, then wait two years and see if it's there. I struggle with that because I am very much a person who is excited more about the development of the game than the game itself right now. I, mm. I have an idealistic view, I guess you could say, of the different mechanics and things that we've seen and read about, researched, and they've talked about. But I also play the game constantly and have people always asking me whether or not they should play it. So I always struggle with that kind of, you, you know, it's always like somebody asks, should I is Star Citizen worth it? Turns into a whole conversation. But generally, I start out same way as you kind of do. Like, think about what you want out of the game. And if it's there, it's probably worth it. But for the most part, I think most people could wait. Yeah. But but at the same time, I also try to tell people, if you're looking at the features that are coming, what's coming in the next patch, well, you should be excited for that stuff and how it changes your gameplay you always have to remember that these are features that are coming in for the whole game and not just for that patch. You know, people look at the fact that we're getting a single river on Microtech. And most people, I think, understand what's going on there. But a lot of people will be like, one river, why does that matter? Like, why are they doing that? I don't, I, that, don't put that in the game. And you realize, well, they have to test it. They have to bring it in so that they know how it works so that players can show them how they work with it. And it's hard to keep that balance of enjoying the game that's there right now and what limited amount of stuff we have. Also kind of remembering, hey, there's a big game being built. There's more stuff that's going to come. Yeah, but that's that's what I love about Star Citizen. But anyways, um, that's that's honestly that's about it for the conversation today. Uh, was there anything else that you wanted to say about what's going on with it, what you expect from Elite Dangerous moving forward. I guess actually something that I'm curious and, and a good one to close off with is what are your plans in terms of covering the game in the future? Do you still want to focus entirely there? Do you want to start finding more games? So, so for the last half year, um, my focus has not been solely on, 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 on Elite. Mm -hmm. It's still going to be a large part of my channel, I think. Um, but Star Citizen is definitely going to be uh, be taking uh, more and more of the spotlight, that's for sure. And looking like further forward this year, we have Starfield, we have Cripple Space yes. Program 2, which I am both planning to be uh, to be covering. More like short term for for Elite, um, 
next week, like fingers crossed next week, we're going to get uh, fleet carrier materials, um, which I'm very much looking forward to. Okay. Um, we have these big capital ships that we can now walk around inside, which is something that's very new to, uh, to Elite, even though Star Citizen players might be used to that. That's going to be very new for us to, uh, to get that over there. And then I am 90% sure we are going to see um, Thargoids for on-foot combat. So Thargoids like the, the enemy alien race. And they're big and scary, and they murder your ships unless you know what you're doing. Um, and I'm pretty sure we're going to see those on foot this year. And we're going to be able to go in uh, and shoot them up. They'll probably shoot up, up, us up first. <laughs> Thargoids terrify me. That was They are. They, they came around right when I started playing. I think it was around 17, 2018 time. And I remember that being like, I looked at that and I was like, this game is the future. Like, if they're going to do stuff like that, this is the future. Because it was like, they brought them into the game and people were running into them. And it was, a, it was just mysterious. That was very cool. One last thing I just remember with sure. when we were talking about Thargoids. And I think that is probably the best thing, like event that Frontiers has ever managed to do was when they... So we have this what's called hyperdictions when we jump between star systems. Mm -hmm. Thargoids can kind of pull you out into space between star systems um, and disable your ship and scan you. And this is called a hyperdiction. And Frontier has mentioned nothing about it. Nobody knew they were, were coming. We didn't even know that Thargoids were going to be reintroduced and were going to be introduced into the game. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, there were just these clips begin floating around of people being, being interdicted by alien ships all over the place. And the whole community just absolutely went haywire and you had a ton of players flocking into the area looking for these uh uh looking for these aliens it was uh it was beautiful it was really well executed that's how um, they need to be done i really hope that star citizen does that because that's amazing yeah yes suddenly just alien incursion happening in a system somewhere and everybody's like what <laughs> where did that come from that is so awesome well it sounds like you're going to be covering Elite Dangerous, but also diversifying a little bit more. I'm excited to see more of your Star Citizen content because you your videos have really, really good, solid proof data that you get. You do a great job of, of translating that, that information to people. So I'm excited to see how you take on Star Citizen in the future. But thank you again also so much for being here today, coming on for episode 42. And before we get off, I would love to... Uh, let everybody know really how they can find you, where your content is, if you can let them know where you produce and where they can uh, follow you. So uh, best place would be to go to YouTube where I post my videos. Um, channel is called Down to Earth Astronomy. And um, I live stream every Tuesday and sometimes in the weekends when uh, when time permits. Um, and I'm also called Down to Earth Astronomy on Twitch. And I stream both YouTube and Twitch at the same time. Cool. And we'll have those links down below in the show notes or the video description as well. So go ahead and give him a follow, guys, and check out his content. But I'd also like to thank everybody for listening if you are on any of our podcast platforms or for watching if you are watching on YouTube. Again, uh, listening is completely ad-free. That is supported by our patrons, our Kofi members, and our YouTube channel members. So if you like this experience and want to be able to just throw it on and listen to it somewhere, check, out, uh, check us out on Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks for supporters coming in here and watching live. Of course, we'll have our Q&A session after this in private, but want to thank you guys all for sticking around. And again, down to earth astronomy, one final time. Thank you for being on the episode. And everybody else, this has been the Launch Sequence Podcast. 
and we'll see you next week. Thank you.